Hello, and welcome to the GCU podcast. Today is particularly focused on a fresh supply of the spirit. But we still have a shape to this Sunday to give you some direction in what that might mean as we invite the Spirit to transform us, to give us peace. Um, So we are going to use the book of Philippians to do that, because today we're looking at how we can have joy in any circumstance. Joy in any circumstance. And that might seem like quite strange that you could possibly have joy in any circumstance, because surely... Having good, feeling good and being happy, that's all about circumstances, right? Well, that's what our challenge is today, is to delve into having joy in every circumstance. And we're going to use the book of Philippians, which talks about this, to do that. Now, Jacob, we might not all know what the book of Philippians is. Could you give us a bit of an overview? Well... It's not to do with the Philippines, if, the, if that's what that's you're wondering. That's really helpful. Thank you so much, <laughs> yeah. because that was my first question. Is it about the Philippines? No, it oh, is. Okay. <laughs> You've really done your prep, and I yeah. really, I really just want to honor that. I think it would have been quite the service if I started talking about the Philippines. Yeah, but... that would have been amazing if you'd got, I mean, completely got off, got off topic. Yeah, okay. But so the letter to the Philippians um, was written by Paul. And I think it's really important that we set some context before we really delve into it, because I think the context really makes the messages have the weight that they have. So Paul actually was in imprisonment when he was writing it to the church of Philippians, of Philippi. And not the Philippines. Not the Philippines. Having to make sure in my head that I've got, that got it right. Yeah. <laughs> so... Paul and um, that, uh, the church of Philippi were actually really close. They had a really sh- good relationship. And all of a sudden, when Paul was in prison, they were really worried about him. And they were really nervous and they were just really anxious about it. They started sending him gifts and so on. But Paul wrote them a letter and made sure to tell them, don't worry, this is what's happening and it's okay. The Lord is working through this. And I have joy in this situation. And he went off and sent Timothy as well to them. And ultimately, all the advice that he kind of gave them, we thought that we could distill down into five points that we could really work through and have a go at. But in terms of joy, what actually is joy? Is it just having a big smile on your face, Ben? Well, so this is one of the things that we get from Philippians. So Philippians is in... I have a Bible somewhere. It's not here. I must have put that, it somewhere. Is that it? Where is it? It's next to Addo. Thank <laughs> you. So Philippians is right at the back of the Bible. It's just a little letter that the Apostle Paul, so he was one of the first Christians, writes. And one of the things that it talks about in it, if I can find it, is that he actually distinguishes joy as a specific kind of thing that comes from relationship with God. So we often think about happiness is a thing that we might desperately want in our lives. But happiness is circumstantial. It's about our pleasure. It's about what we can gain. It's about what's happening right now. And it might disappear as quickly as it's arrived. Whereas joy lasts. And that's the big difference because joy is focused on God. And in fact, it's a gift from God as well. It's a fruit of the spirit of God. 
So whereas happiness is circumstantial, and happiness might depend on whether you're rich or whether you have good things or whether the economy is all right or whether the weather's good, joy is different. Joy can be in any circumstance. You can be desperately poor and still joyful. You can be ill and still have the joy of God in you because it is not about your situation. It's about God's love for you and being in relationship with him. So joy lasts. It can be in any circumstance. So those are the five themes we've taken about joy from Philippians. Jacob, do you want to run through them for us? Yes. So you all will have some little slips spread around. And if you don't have them, then you can grab one from another chair. And we're just going to break it down and see what Paul has to say about each one of these. So for... For these five bits, we've taken little extracts from the letter, and I would definitely recommend to read through the letter. It's quite short, like Ben has said, and just get to digest, but today we'll be taking little bits and pieces. So we've got gifting, gratitude, togetherness, perseverance, and declaration. So we'll start by gifting through prayer and praising of Christ. So ultimately, Paul tells us that actually... Joy is, has been gifted to us. It's, it's, a, it's a gift and a fruit of the Spirit which we can ask for and we can pray for. And that is wonderful. Um, and in Philippians, um, for the prayer and praising. <laughs> so what Paul says, he says in Philippians right off the bat, Right as you open up the the letter, he says, Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. So he's just, he's asking for that that gift of joy. He's praying for that gift, and he's just praying for others. And that's something they're all invited to, to pray and to ask for joy. We can also, another um, piece of advice that Paul gives us is just really focusing on thankfulness, that gratitude. And it can be very easy through the difficult circumstances, particularly the one that Paul went through being in prison, to just be surrounded by negative like thoughts and just sink into it and just grumble and argue and just be lost in it. But Paul says to really think focus in on what is good. And there he says, in Philippians 2, he says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless, pure, children of the God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So then he brings it back and he he tells the church of Philippi, he's like, I'm in this situation but it's all right. I'm still focusing on thankfulness, and I invite you into that as well. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. These people have just started coming to faith in church who see Paul going through all this difficulty in this horrible circumstance. They're still being invited to be joyous with him. He's there like, I'm there 
focusing on that uh, thankfulness that I'm inviting you in. And another wonderful thing that Paul invites the church that he's writing to is togetherness. And it's that fellowship with the Spirit that the, the people are able to be brought together and that can cultivate so much joy. And he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the Spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. So as we go through our own difficult circumstances, we are by the Spirit invited to be together as a community, as a church, to really share joy and to really look out for each other as well and to ultimately celebrate also faith and joy together. And where Paul doesn't all fluff it up, he tells us that we do need perseverance as well. He tells us that it is definitely not all sunshine rainbows, but he tells us to choose joy in every circumstance. And he, he tells us how he focuses on. And you might think that Paul is just somebody that's had history and just, just battle-hardened in faith, and he might be able to just carry these difficulties, whereas we might not be able to. But actually, it's not those memories or experiences. It's actually God that's helping him through in that, to really focus in on joy. And he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took, took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So he's there talking about how he's focusing in, that he's not perfect. He doesn't have all the strength to do everything, and he's trying his hardest, but he is focusing in and staying. He's persevering. And Leah says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him. It gives me strength. So there is that. Even though they, he's lived through those experiences, it's actually God that's really hardened and strengthened him to persevere and to choose joy. And finally, he tells us to declare who God is. Declare joy and Ultimately, it's putting into practice what we learn and how we experience joy and what the uh, fruit of the Spirit is. And he tells us, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So at the end of the service, right at the end, we'll do our own declaration, declaring who God is and how, of how we declare our joy to him. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jacob, for taking us all through that. So that's what our structure is going to be today, those five practices. There's five practices of joy to encourage us in joy together, and we'll have different places where you can work on that. But before we delve into joy, first, we have some sadness. Luke. There are people that we need to say...
Hannah's going to share a little bit with us as a, about joy, but carry on worshipping, carry on praying, carry on drawing and writing. Uh, we're just going to hear from Hannah for a moment. Um, I'd just like to share a little bit about how God's been teaching me joy in this year. So this year is my postgraduate year, so I finished uni and I've started teacher training and God's shown me a lot of um, peace and joy in just week to week when I'm having to set targets for myself every week I'm observed and I'm marked for everything it can sometimes make me feel overwhelmed and make me feel like um make me feel like I'm just defined by all of those targets and what people think and write about me whereas when I come to each week knowing that I'm accepted and loved by God as I am I'm able to approach all of my day-to-day tasks with just a lot of joy and just being able to on my commute to work just see the sunrise and see God's creation and know that that he calls me his daughter just really yeah just brings me a lot of joy in the week and helps me not to be overwhelmed by everything so if you're facing like I guess a change in your life or things are quite uncertain just knowing that God is for you and that he's created you is yeah a real comfort to me so yeah in um 2012 um November 2012 um I went into hospital with what turned out to be bowel cancer um and then I had a load of chemotherapy and surgery to sort that out. Um, 2013 was a really, really tough year for us um, because it was, um, yeah, we had two kids under two at that point in time. Um, uh, I I need to swear in order to express what I want to get to, so just forgive me. Um, So I called that year, 2013, the year of hope. Hannah had to call it the year of shit because it was so hard. Um, We're not saying let's all swear all the time, by the way, but I'm just saying some things are really tough, aren't they? Bowel cancer with two kids under two was one of those things. So just got to be real about it. It was seriously tough, but we had pretty different perspectives on it. Um, And I totally understand why Hannah had to take that perspective. Uh, She was keeping us going and was looking after absolutely everything um, during that time. Um, I was in a really different place in, this, in a sense because I had to face death. Um, I was totally convinced I was going to die within a year. And um, obviously I was wrong <laughs> um, and have been wrong about many things that I've been convinced about in my time. Um, but yeah, I was totally sure about this. And f- facing that prospect down um, there was two things that were said to me that I found really, really helpful. One of them was a guy called Mark Pugh, and he says to me, um, you're in the belly of a whale right now. We're going to look at Jonah next week, actually, in, uh, at G2. Um, but there was a, th- this thing of going, well, Jonah is swallowed by this huge whale, and he's just right, goes right down to the depths, and he is in despair. And he's like, you're in that place right now. And he says... There's only two ways out of a whale. Um, You can either come out bitter or better. Um, Or, again, apologies for the words, but it was the year we were in. He goes, you're either going to get spat out or shat out. So that's the way that it goes, okay? So he's like, which way out of the belly of the whale do you want to come out? Like, you have a choice to make when you are in hardship, when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through pain, circumstances you've not chosen, whatever it is, if you had wished it would have been a different way, whatever it is, you still have a choice, even if you feel like you don't. Um, 
And I, I, I guess my deal with God in that was like, I am going to come out of this better. I will worship you even though I am disappointed. Like that's an understatement, isn't it? But I, I'm like, I think I'm going to die. And I don't know what to say about that because I thought my life would be more than this. But I will worship you anyway because you are God. And because I think that's, that I want to learn from you in the process of doing it. And I want to come out of this better. I don't want to get twisted as a result of it. So that was one thing. And then the other person was Matthew Porter, who leads the Belfry. And he's, he was the first person I'd said to a few people, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die within a year. And everyone was like, oh, blimey, you know, which is probably what I'd say if someone said that to me. I wouldn't, most people don't quite know how to react to that sort of a thing. Anyway, he said, okay, well, maybe you will. We don't know, do we? We don't know. Let's assume you are going to live only for one more year. If you are going to live for only one more year, how would you live differently during that year? And that was a complete game changer for me in my pain in the process of having all of that unknown. Because I said to him, well, I would live more generously. I would make sure I honoured people. I would say what I actually think of people when it's positive, when I'm with them, as opposed to like holding back. You know how so often we think highly of people, but we never really even tell them that. Um, and, and the other thing was I would just live with more joy because look at what life is. Life is incredible. I would want to give thanks for all that I've had. And Matthew was like, well, that sounds quite like quite a good way to live, doesn't it? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that anyway. And I actually think that there's a bit of a secret to life in having that mentality. I think that the early church, like the early disciples, they were convinced that they were, that Jesus was going to come back in their own lifetime on this earth. So Paul has to like re-explain to everyone that well, why that why are people dying? Because that's confusing. They thought he was coming back um, really soon, but they lived with the verve of people who, were, who assumed that they didn't have long. And I think that's probably a little bit of a route to joy anyway. So that's my story of joy in hardship. Father God, we put before you our pain and our longings, the good things we have and the things that we really struggle with, the circumstances we're in and the truth we know about you. And we say anyway, we will rejoice. And we will say it again, we will rejoice. Now G2, as we come to a close, let's say that together. Rejoice, rejoice in, in the, the Lord, Lord always. always. I, I will say it again. again. Rejoice. Rejoice. Thank you very much, G2. Have a